Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back. It's another edition of the Coaching Chatter brought to you by Soar Athletic Training. The Keller Williams home team, 615 Kenny Salas. And, uh, of course, uh, we are brought to you by uh, betonline.ag. We are on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcasting network for professionals. Joining me, as always, are my two awesome co-hosts, Craig Ladd and the brand new Head coach and athletic director at Springwood School in Lynette, Alabama. It is Kurt Page. How you? How you doing, Kurt? Doing fantastic. We're ex- thank you so much. Go Wildcats. We're excited. Uh, we we're just uh, we're on our fourth day down here and uh, just got a lot of excitement and a lot of uh, energy. And our kids are really pumped up. We're in the middle of baseball, uh, softball, soccer, and track. And so we're just excited about all the sports and uh, we're going to start our spring football conditioning uh, on Monday for two weeks and take a spring break and then come back and start installing all our 629 packages for football. So we're excited about everything and glad to have this opportunity to be an Alabama independent. All right, Craig, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, Corey. Thanks for asking. Georgia you know, line. It's, uh, it was a lovely day in Middle Tennessee today. I have about 66, plenty of sunshine. You know, what less than two weeks ago, we were five inches of snow. So, welcome to Tennessee. Exactly. I, I was, I had the most resilient ice patch in, in my driveway of all time. It lasted a week in 60 degree weather. I was like, this thing is never going to go away. But <laughs> spring is upon us. That is for sure. But I mentioned we were brought to you by Soar Athletic Training. Some big things happening there. Uh, we're going to, we're going to go try to win some seven on seven tournaments. Uh, Ken, Kenny Salas, uh, home team, 615.com. You can hit him up or actually maybe don't hit him up this week because he's on vacation. He may not answer you. He's trying to, he's down in Tampa Bay trying to get those Super Bowl vibes, uh, so that he can come back and be an even better badass for you, uh, in the real estate market in Wilson County. Um, Twitter, you can find us at Twitter uh, at Soar Athletic Training at D Craig Lad at Kurt Page six twenty nine. That's going to be a big uh, a big number down there in uh, in Springwood and Lynette. Uh, the six twenty nine culture is invaded and it's going to take over and take roots. You can find me on Twitter at Coach Burton thirty six. Instagram, uh, you can find all of us at those same handles except for me at Burton You can find me on my other shows as well at uh, at Believe in Dogs for the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast. I hope host with my man Israel Troop. I want to congratulate him on his new gig at Monroe Area High School in Albany. He's becoming the offensive coordinator and strength coordinator there uh, for the home of Stefan Tuitt, who is a uh, on the Pittsburgh Steelers, so I want to give him a shout out. Of course, my uh, my third show, Illegal Motion, college football podcast with Matt Perkins and Josh Cook, where we we discuss all things college football. But we are brought to you by BetOnline.ag as well. Football football is definitely not over. You can bet on some FCS games, but uh, NBA, college basketball, NHL are in full swing. MLB is right around the corner, and the only place you should be betting on these. Sports is betonline.ag. BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality t- television. BetOnline has hundreds of props, real-time odds, and everything you can imagine 
And of course, 24-hour online casino. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I'm due for I'm due for another bet. Uh, but we talked on Illegal Motion uh, this week about uh, the 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 week in FCS football. There was a lot of upsets, guys. Did you did you guys watch much of the games, or did, did any game stand out to you more than others? Well, Kurt and I, you know, we uh, we had training on the the Sunday after the Saturday, so we watched. Uh, Watched a couple of games on Pluto TV. One really good ball game was Idaho Eastern Washington. Idaho won 28 21. That was a really good ball game and saw uh, uh, Weber State knock off Idaho State. Weber State looked really good. So, you know, it was it was really good to to watch. It's some good football, guys. I'm telling you, uh, people don't realize the, the football and, and it's indoors. You know that's the thing. Every everyone's in a uh, inside. They all have domes, so it's kind of weird to to watch it. But uh, two pretty good ball games. Yeah. So you know, one of the things I I watched a little bit of the Eastern Washington Idaho game, uh, but then I went back and watched the highlights, and Idaho just they, they were pesky, man. They 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 did everything they could to make life difficult for Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington made a few plays like they do, um, but I, I think it just came down to Idaho playing stifling defense and taking advantage of opportunities, mistakes, miscues, things like that. Kurt, uh, that that really helped the Vandals win and and their uh, and their big upset over Eastern Washington who's perennially a great big sky ball team. Yeah, it was, it was really neat to see the game. And, and like Craig mentioned, you know, being indoors and, and the, just the, 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 uh, the athleticism that a lot of these teams have. I mean, I was really impressed with the defensive linemen that were playing. They were getting after the quarterback. There was some outstanding play in the secondary. Uh, there was his name, but I think he's going to, He's going to make a lot of money one day. He made some and just made play after play. And uh, the guy, you know, big, big time players make big time plays in big time games. So I'm really, really proud of him. So it was exciting to watch that action. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, some other games of, of note, uh, the, the mighty North Dakota State Bison uh, went down at the hands of Southern Illinois, the Salukis, uh, took down took them down. The Salukis have gotten off to a great start uh, to the season. Uh, they played really well against North Dakota. North Dakota coming over from the big sky. They were big winners this weekend as well over South Dakota State, who many thought were, was going to be the top contender in the Missouri Valley. They went down as well. North Dakota coming over to the to the MV, MVC and, and making, making their presence felt. Uh, both teams, I thought – Played extremely well defensively. Played extremely well in special teams. And again, the 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 I guess the theme of the weekend was take advantage of big opportunities. And North Dakota State could not get much going. It just seemed like anytime they got something going, it would stall. They would have some three and outs. They couldn't move the ball. They it didn't seem like they could they could get any sort of anything in in the run game. Definitely couldn't get anything in the past game. That's not their mo anyway. So, what stood out to you, Craig, Kurt, about uh, about those two games, about those two matchups? Well, let me just say this: my wife is an SIU graduate, and she was tickled to death. She was uh, stomping through the halls of our house uh, 
uh, bellowing, we want Alabama. So, hmm. <laughs> so the excitement in the lad household was, was over the top for the SIU win. Yes. I, I bet that's, that's gotta be a good feeling. Uh, you know, Kurt, what role, you know, I, I guess North Dakota proved how big special teams is because they made, they had a block punt. They did really well in the return game. They put pressure, uh, in the field goal block team. And then, uh, you know, they just every single one of their units played an A plus ball game. Well, I think that's that's the hidden yardage. You know, that's where special teams make a difference. And and throughout this whole COVID uh, preseason and out of season, basically those are type of things that those kids could work on and develop and and have some some continuity. Uh, because a lot of times those are the kids that uh, you know, and each person, each each group has been affected by COVID. And sometimes the timing of an offense or defensive line can be greatly affected. But when you have some guys that are dedicated to the special teams, you know, and they get those reps, those are invaluable because they can always be repeatable. You know, and a lot of the systems that you're teaching in the kicking game are applicable in multi multi phases. So not like just an offensive lineman, basically his skill set goes for offensive linemen. If you get a good kicking group of core of players, they transition as they have shown us in multiple phases of the kicking game to make it excellent. No doubt. And uh, some other games of note uh, as we approach our footprint down here, uh, Austin P finally got in the win column uh, with a, with a victory over Tennessee state in a monsoon, uh, the mighty terriers of Wofford. Uh, they, uh, they, they came over to Chattanooga, uh, UT Chat had their first game of the season. They were victorious 24-13 over the Terriers. Furman went down as well in a very, very weird game against VMI, a, a, a defensive slugfest that just had stop after stop after stop. And and Furman pulled the Dallas Cowboys and just had all these empty yards. You know, the, the stat sheet looked really good if you look at total yards and first downs and things like that. Uh, but they just couldn't punch the ball in and they couldn't finish a drive there. So um, of the games in our, uh, in our footprint, I, I would say that the team that impressed me the most was VMI uh, and, and just how well – they shut down a well-oiled Furman machine on offense. I mean, you know, Furman, they, when they get rolling, they get rolling and they get rolling pretty often. And VMI was able to do some things defensively, especially up front to, to disrupt the blocking schemes, get put pressure on the mesh point in their option game and just really halted Furman right in their tracks. So, um, that game impressed me the most, Craig. Uh, what what stood out to you? Well, at Jacksonville State, uh, twenty seven to ten win over Tennessee Tech. You know, Tech coming off a big win over Austin P in the but first game of the year. Surprised though. I mean, JSU is the 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 over overall favorite in, in the. Well, I was going to say, I, I thought it was a, it was a good win for Jacksonville State. I mean, they yeah. have been so dominant. Uh, since they've been in the OVC. And, of course, this is their last football season in the OVC, so I'm yeah. sure they want to go out on top again. They have They're been the so favorites. dominant uh, in that. destroying Eastern Illinois, 47-7. to seven. Yeah. Uh, you know, Murray going back to the OVC. Uh, Murray with a with a win over Tennessee Martin, 14-10, another low-scoring game. Yeah. 
Yeah. So what about Tennessee Tech? Tennessee Tech ranked in the top twenty now. I mean, that's exciting. Well, not for long. (laughs) Not for long. They they just went down, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah, UT Martin going down. Uh, You know, it's just it's 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 going to be a fun year in the OVC because I think there's a lot of teams bunched up right there that can all take each other out, and I think there's you know what team do you guys see challenging Jacksonville State? Well, that's a good question. You know, uh, I don't know really know how much Eastern Illinois has. At times, they've been very good. I've seen them. I had the privilege of doing four straight years of uh, uh, TSU football. So I've seen some really good teams for Eastern Illinois and had this kid by the name of Romo that came from there. It wasn't too bad either. So uh, yeah, was, I, that, that uh, to me, too. sort of a sort of signaled that maybe SEMO is the team to possibly challenge Jacksonville State. Yeah, that's uh, that's certainly viable. Well, I'm, I'm not sure who, who can go after Jacksonville State because Jacksonville State's probably the premier. I mean, the, the way they played Florida State in the fall, that was very impressive for me and been a carryover. I would like to have a huge shout-out to the Faulkner University Eagles. They won their second. They went up to Union, Kentucky. They're going back to Kentucky this weekend to play Kentucky Christian. So it's going to be right. exciting. That is that's very exciting. That'll that'll be a that'll be a good uh, that'll be a good run there. I, I think three and zero seems seems pretty reachable, right, Craig? Right, Kurt? Or well, they lost their first game. Yeah, they lost their first game to Reinhardt, five time conference champion. And uh, oh, that's right. That's they right. To, okay, they get to play them again. So I forgot about uh, the first game. They got to right. come to the Crampton Bowl and uh, get after it. So we'll see how that yeah. goes. Okay, that's right. I forgot about that first game. Yeah. It's it's been a weird been a weird season as far as that goes, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys on Semo. They they really kind of showed and the me timing, something. The timing of all this is totally weird. Yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah. And, um, In between snowstorms and, and flash floods and everything else. Yeah, weather and COVID are just wreaking havoc on the uh, on on the FCS and finally getting to play football. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the OVC, the MVC. Uh, and, and SoCon football is looking like it's going to be pretty good. Uh, VMI showing that they can hang with the big boys. Uh, UT Chat getting in, getting in there, getting involved uh, with a huge win over Wofford. Wofford always does their thing. Furman it's looking to be a four team race in the Southern Conference as well, and I'm 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 here for that. So, um, any, any last thoughts on FCS football before we uh, before we move it on up the road? I was going to say I'm I'm a little disappointed that that we don't besides these games being on ESPN plus I, I would hope and wish that ESPN would give it a little bit more they, play, need, to. they uh, need to possibly on the U you know I don't see why you can't show some premier games on the U on there yeah. but uh, there are not any on there and like I said Kurt and I watched them on Pluto TV and I said entertaining football you know if you're a football fan there's some talent out there as Kurt and I saw there was some uh, there's a wide receiver for Idaho his name went just escaped me but he made some outstanding plays and I, he looked like he could play in the league at some point I mean he was that good and like I said disappointed that we're not going to see these games, any of these games on an ESPN platform with more of an audience than the plus. Yeah, there's going to be some guys making it's, some it's money. Almost like a, yeah, it's almost like it's a conspiracy against the against the guys, you know? Yeah. Uh, they kind of hold back during the fall when they're trying to chip at the 
chip at the heels of the Division One and the and the uh, 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 FBS guys, the Power Fives, and uh, the Group of Five. You know, they're they're pushing them back. It's just, it's just, it's just it, to me, it's just frustrating. Because, like you said, Craig, I, I would have loved to seen some of these games and more accessibility. Because a lot of folks, I didn't even know about the Pluto Network. It wasn't for your for us being there for doing our sore athletic training. I, I probably still wouldn't know how to find some of these games, and they were outstanding. Yeah, they were. They absolutely were. So, Hayden Hatton is the guy you're talking about, Craig. Yeah, uh, there you go. That's him. You're right. He's, he's the pride of Segaro High School in uh, in Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona. So, or Scottsdale, or wherever it is. But uh, Segaro High School, uh, Arizona. He's a he's an Arizona high school product uh, now. Uh, somebody that the league is. Their radar is up now. Uh, Cutrell Haywood also had a big game for Idaho, too. Four catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown. So uh, big things coming uh, for the Vandals. And uh, the the Big Sky is going to be fun to watch, too. All of these conferences are going to be fun to watch because these teams are all bunched together. There's very few outliers, good or bad. You know, the, you know, there's very few people that are that are bottom feeding. There's very few people that are just running away with it. Maybe James Madison might be uh, in the Colonial. Uh, they might be the team to run away with it. But then you got New Hampshire and Albany and uh, and uh, Villanova that have something to say about that. Maine's going to be pesky, so that league's going to be fun, which is usually a pretty strong league. The Big South with Kennesaw State. Who's going to challenge them? I don't know, but it, it's going to be interesting to find out. Uh, the OVC is always interesting every year, year in and year out. The SoCon always has a couple of ranked teams. They're always they're always pesky in the playoffs, and then you know every conference. You know we can't say this about FBS because we you know FBS you got the ACC, which you know who's going to win the ACC. Big Twelve, you know who's going to win the Big Twelve. Pac Twelve, it doesn't matter. They're not getting in anyway, but you know who's going to pretty much win that every year. FCS. You really have no idea. And I think, guys, what, what do you think of the 2014 playoff structure in FCS? Does it make it more interesting? Do, do you think it brings more parity because these these teams can recruit more equal because there are more playoff spots? Well, personally, I love it. Uh, you know, I love that format. Um, you know, I, I was, I've been a long proponent of having more than just the four uh, in a playoff for, you know, the big boys. But, uh, you know, you always had the old adage of, oh, well, you know, the season's too long. We can't let our guys do that. Well, you know what? That, that Every other division no, makes it work. Right. That holds no water with me whatsoever. Um, so, it, it, you know, it, uh, it it's sad. Maybe one of these days we'll get more, but I just don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if we'll ever get to that uh, in the FB, FBS. But FCS, I, lo- I love the playoff for, man. I really do. And I, I don't mean, think it waters so much, down the season so at all. Much, no, I don't either. I, I think it. I think you're exactly right. I, I don't. I don't believe that a, a bit. I think, you know, it gives it a uh, college basketball feel. You know, when you get in there and you say, "Hey, you know what? We it, when any of the twenty four can win the national championship." Exactly. And exactly. It, and you got a shot, and they're all equal. Yeah, and you and sometimes you've got three and four, maybe five from one conference, and they and they've. And they've gone through the gauntlet, and now they're ready for playoff playoff football. And you see those teams advancing from numerous conferences have multiple wins, and that's that's what makes it strong. 
and uh, competitive, and I love it. I think it's a great thing. I know the players love it. I know the coaches love it. Uh, it gets you a chance to develop your players, and, and you also, uh, you know, the talent, you're, you're facing better talent each and every week in the playoff structure, and so that's got to bode well for your development as a player. Yeah, I mean, you, you can you can walk into these living rooms and say, you know, teams like Central Arkansas who probably wouldn't be able to recruit otherwise over teams like James Madison and, and North Dakota State. Uh, but you have teams like Illinois State. You have teams like Wofford getting in, which Wofford – you go out to a Wofford practice and you thought you, – you think maybe you turned – you made a wrong turn into a high school. That's at least the impression I got when I went to their practice. But they're in the playoffs every single year. They win the SOCON just about every other year. Well, just looking ahead, guys, uh, at the schedule for uh, for Saturday, uh, huge historical HBCU game, Jackson State at Grambling. Oh, Coach Prime has got his work cut out for him. How, how do you see that one shaking out, Craig? Well, you know, I've, I've, I've got to go with Coach Prime, you know. I, I think he's uh, re, really energized that Jackson State team and uh, has done an outstanding job, obviously brought in some outstanding recruits and uh, kids that are playing right away. So, uh, got, i got to go with Jackson State on that. Well, I think he's got a lot of transfers in there, and I think he's got a lot of a strong nucleus and uh, outstanding coaching staff. He's trying to set – Set the bar for HBCUs, and I think he's doing a great job doing it. Prime, Coach Prime, Coach Prime, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. I, I think it's uh, it, it's taking the world by storm. Um, it, it'll be it'll be a fun game to watch, that's for sure. There's going to be a lot of hype around it. Grambling always, you know, you, you always know what you're going to get with Grambling, so it, it's going to be. Um, it's going to be a wild one. Coach Prime's got those guys ready to play. He's obviously recruited really well. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a barn burner for sure. Yeah, I hope to see Coach Prime in the fall when uh, TSU and Jackson State meet up in the Southern Heritage Classic in Memphis. Uh, that's always a really good ball game and a uh, big, well attended uh, ball game, and just the festivities around the game leading up to the game are are uh, really a spectacle and so i'll tell uh, coach prime hello for you two guys do it do it do it <laughs> we can do get it. prime on coaching chatter sometime now, yeah. i'll ask him but i'll ask him in the fall now, how about get that? the network get yeah. the network start spreading them get in that get us in the summer prime god that'd be nice coach 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 prime yeah that'd be nice be nice if we could uh we get that going. So, yeah. So I'm excited. My, you know, I think you guys are right about the prediction on on what Coach Prime is going to be able to do uh, for for Jackson State. So a lot a lot of good matchups uh, coming around the coming around the bend. Uh, and and uh, stay tuned for all of that. Hopefully ESPN will they'll they'll realize hey we we might need to bro- we might need to pick up a few of these games. But uh, you got a big uh, big matchup. Also, uh, in uh, in the Southern Conference, Sanford Furman, Sanford uh, got back in the win column. Uh, you have Northern Iowa looking to lick their wounds against Illinois State. You have McNeese State against Southeast Louisiana, Tennessee State hosting Jacksonville State. Uh, SEMO 
have has a big matchup with Murray State. Uh, they're they're hoping to look keep their momentum going. Uh, you know, Eastern Washington, Northern Arizona. That game should be a, a get well game for for Eastern Washington. Um, Incarnate Word versus Lamar. I think that'll be a good Texas battle. Lamar had had a game canceled, so that that'll be uh, that'll be a good one for them to to get back in. North Dakota State uh, on the road against Missouri State, looking to bounce back there. UC Davis. A team that uh, hired Mr. Dan Hawkins, if you remember who who he is, um, they're a pretty pretty sporty bunch there um, in, at UC Davis. They're they're a team that you don't know much about them right now, and you don't they could go either way, uh, but they're an interesting team because they can present a lot of problems. And, and Idaho is uh, is red hot coming off that big win uh, this past this past weekend. So we'll see if they can keep that going Saturday as well in the in the Vandal Dome. So any of those games stand out? Alabama A&M, South Carolina State, another, H, another great HBCU matchup there. Alabama State and well, Alcorn State forfeited that one, so that's not going to happen. But um, in, any, uh, any matchups that stand out to you besides Jackson State Grambling next weekend? Any must see, must see games? Well, I, like I said, I, I, I'm going to be interested in the the, uh, and I know I've said TSU a bunch, but I, I think this could be a possibly a really good ball game. Jacksonville stay at TSU. You know, TSU fell behind uh, right from the get go. It was twenty to nothing in the first quarter, and then they ended up storming back, making it a close game. They uh, had a throw into the end zone to end the game. So they could have very well tied that ball game up and uh, possibly won that game. So a lot of talent there. I think they've uh, uh, got, uh, you know, after I should say, after the the Bean kid uh, ran all over him in the first half, they pretty much contained him after that. And uh, like I said, of course, and we, we've said enough about Jacksonville State, you know, the the talent that they notoriously have. So I, I really look for that to be a, a closer ball game than most people might think. Well, I think with TSU, I think, you know, the thing is that they've got some good talent there and they've got some a few transfers. I know at quarterback position. So they're they got a you know a chance, you know, Rod Reed's been there a while, you know, and the thing is he's he needs to make sure that he's doing is making improvement because they got a brand new AD, and uh, you know he's going to want to get the big blue back on the map and uh, being AD and trying to get things going. I think he's the guy, you know, you know he, he's a he's a Nashville guy and he played at University of Tennessee, so look for him to kind of make sure that we're getting better in the Nashville market with the Tennessee State big blue Tigers. Yeah, maybe they can get a big win over uh, over Jacksonville State and make things really interesting in the OVC. So, guys, let's move on. A story that jumped out to me on Football Scoop was Rick Stockstill under a lot of under a lot of heat hired his son Brent Stockstill. He's getting a lot of heat because they they're claiming he violated nepotism rules, and I guess didn't go through the proper channels and proper procedures for for hiring. And you know what what, what, do, you, what do you make of this story? I think it's I think it's just it's news to me. I, I, you know I, I'm I'm very surprised that that's a nepotism thing. I mean. You can hire family. You can hire your son. I mean, the guy comes credentialed. I mean, he's a prolific passer for Middle Tennessee. 
Uh, my understanding, he served a couple of seasons uh, as a grad assistant. Uh, so I think, you know, qualification-wise, you know, he's on the fast track, and a lot of it has to be with, with his dad. But uh, that's news to me. I did not know that uh, there's been uh, accusations named, you know, nepotism. So that's interesting. But the guy played at a high level when he was a player, and uh, I think he's coached a couple seasons away from MTSU, and they got a chance to get him back. And uh, I think he has, should have a good rapport with the players. So that's the first I've heard of that. But, uh, you know, more, more, more to be discovered later, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, CBS News affiliate, they uh, they have something against Rick Stockstill. They're they're trying to get him fired any way they possibly can. They 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 did some more digging into the program. Uh, if they didn't do enough digging already with the the whole COVID stuff and the Tony Franklin blowing the whistle, that apparently kind of went by the wayside. But uh, they found that statute eight. 31103 states no state employees who are relatives shall be placed within the same direct line of supervision of another relative. And uh, Middle Tennessee State, they say Brent reports to AD Chris Massaro and not his dad. So that's how they circumvented that. And Massaro was quoted as saying he was far and away the best candidate of the Zoom interviews that he watched. We were hiring because his last name is Stockstill. My answer to that is no. Then if you don't hire him, is it because his last name is Stockstill? So interesting. I mean, I I believe that he was far and away the best candidate. I mean, he's a a smart guy, knows offensive football uh, from the quarterback perspective. And um, I, I think it's uh, I think it's a great hire. I think it's going to work out, and I, I hope this whole story goes away because it's kind of it's kind of bogus. You should be able to hire whoever you want. You should be able to hire your son if you want to hire your son. I mean, Steve Spurrier did it. Uh, Lou Holtz did it. I'm sure there's millions of others that did it, but uh, I, I think it's if he's the best candidate, he's the best candidate, and that shouldn't matter. Well, this is not uncharted waters in the in the state of Tennessee. If you remember, uh, Lane Kiffin's defensive coordinator was his dad, Monty yeah. Kiffin, and then yeah. currently at the University of Tennessee, the women's coach Kelly Harper, her her assistant is her husband. So this is not uncharted waters here. So I right. don't really know what the, where the what. Where the news is on this, I, I really that's it, what I don't really understand. It's some dude trying to do some digging. It's some dude that's trying so hard to A, get clicks and views, and B, he has some sort of bone to pick with, with Rick Stock still. And I think since his last story flopped, he's trying to he's trying to make good on it. And I think this one's gonna flop too. I mean, I think it's I think it's ridiculous because there's family members being hired all over the place at, at different programs. It shouldn't it's it's not a big deal. I mean, down here in the state of Alabama, the Auburn University, their basketball program's got Bruce Pearl and his son on staff. So, number number of those situations all over our footprint of the Southeastern Conference. So now, Kurt, be careful. Auburn's going to cut your internet here in a minute. They, no, they, I'm all Auburn now. Opelika, I'm in. I'm in. I'm one of them now. So I'm here, oh, South go. Alabama. I'm 20 minutes away. They are big fans. War Eagle. What Let's What are your go. colors? Are your colors blue and red? My colors are sore athletic training colors, red, black, and white. Identical colors. Man, that is so lucky. That I is... say that's a God wink. I think if we just lined up and God <laughs> said, he said, 
Craig Ladd, Kurt Page, Soul Athletic Training, making red black in September. And then months later in March, Springwood School, red, black, one. So Let's come on down, go. Kurt. Come on down. So um, are you following, uh, Craig, this Tennessee story? Are you, you, you following some of the updates? Um, are you hearing anything as far as them getting – uh, when they're gonna, when they're expecting to get word from the NCAA? Well, from what I understand, it, it's 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 coming coming to a close. Uh, from what I understand, and um, of course, the thought is, I know uh, uh, Don De Plowman has come out in a, in a Zoom here recently, saying that uh, uh, she's very hopeful that the the fact that they they came forth and. Uh, fired the head coach and fired numerous members of his staff that uh, since they were forthright with that and and made those moves that hopefully the NCAA will come you know come down a little lighter on them now all of that depends on how egregious the uh, offenses were you know um, so that remains to be seen. Like I said, I, and I've said this before, what's going to be interesting about this is you have Tennessee on the one hand who's been up front and we're getting ahead of this uh, NCAA sanction. We're firing the head coach. We're firing a lot of the staff. We're doing it. We're admitting it, et cetera, et cetera. Then but you got LSU basketball on the other side, um, which, you know, uh, had their coach uh, caught dead to rights on a recording and, you know, they suspended him in 2019 for a few games, hired him back and basically have stood behind him. Yeah. I mean, a lot of schools that, that have done that, uh, North Carolina did that with their academic violations and some of that stuff that they were in hot water for. Um, they came out on the, on the other end of it. Uh, you know, Kurt, your, your people down there in Auburn, uh, some shenanigans with Cam Newton. Not sure what goes on. They were they were cleared, um, but who knows what happened? They probably just told the NCAA to go shove it, and the NCAA shoved it because they have no teeth. And and uh, that's why there needs to be a commissioner that somebody that can actually carry out some of these penalties and not have glasses on that say, oh, you're Alabama, you're cool. You committed some violations. Okay, Alabama State, your program is canceled. So uh, we we got to have somebody that's not going to do that. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, if you're Tennessee, you're hoping that, you know, there, there's the three parts, the aggravated, the regular, and, and uh, the, the basically the trying to mitigate it, like, hey, we know we screwed up and then we're trying to fix it. The standard violations of, oh, crap we're caught and the aggressive is like the aggravated is like man uh yeah you can't prove that <laughs> or yeah we did it what are you gonna do about it um type deal so uh, i think tennessee tennessee looks to fall into that lightest category so um you know you like to think that josh heupel is gonna come out of here relatively unscathed i still think they made a good hire regardless uh, if they if they come out light or they get they get hammered, it doesn't matter. I think Josh Heupel is going to be the right man for the job either way. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good hire. A Tennessee football coaches association have had Memphis's university head coach, Vanderbilt's university's head coach, and uh, t- Tennessee's head coach, and it's it's been 
evident that uh, Josh Heupel really put a good program together and was very, uh, I, I think he stood out. I mean, he shined in his presentation in comparison to the other guys in our state. And Middle Tennessee uh, made a nice program, their stock still. But I was really impressed by Coach Heupel and his presentation. And I have to say this about uh, those guys is uh, they are – they are making it known that they're they're wanting to put a wall up around Tennessee, and I think that's big. And whenever you, whenever you're the state, uh, you know the university of the state, and you make it known like that, that's 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 saying a lot. And I haven't heard that. I don't think. And, and Craig, you can correct me because you're the UT guy. I really haven't heard that out of the last few coaches. Well, you know, famously, you know, uh, Butch Jones also pronounced that also, uh, you know. Brick uh, by brick. I thought he was just brick by brick. Yeah, well, he was also – the bricks were around the state. How about that? Oh, uh, okay. So he famously famously said that, and we we see – He's a walking uh, motto. Yeah, we we see how that went for him. Uh, You know, he's – you know, it's been – there's been a little – maybe a little bit – a little bit of heat, you know, from some fans because of the fact that they, um, you know, uh, did not get the ballyhooed quarterback uh, to commit to them. Um, he because he's committed to Alabama, uh, whose name just went right out of my head. Help me there, Corey. Ty Simpson. Thank you Ty very Simpson much. From Martin, yeah. Martin, yeah. Tennessee. Yeah, Westview Martin. High School. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. fact that they did not get him, uh, he's committed to Alabama, you know. I mean, who knows come on. to be able to sway him, I you know, and, and to be quite honest, as I've told some Tennessee fans, do you blame the guy? You know, as, 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 you know, I, I, I mean, I think any true blue Tennessee fan, you know, would, would honestly, if you step back away from it, honestly, do you blame the guy? Really? I mean, you know, I mean, you don't know I what the sanctions don't. are. You don't know what the sanctions are going to be against the University of Tennessee. He could go there and they could have a bowl ban the, the entire time he's there, you know? So, and you're being recruited by the national champion and a, a university, well, a football program that's produced, who's about to produce another top 10 quarterback pick to go along with Tua. So that's just right back to back in there. So can you really blame the guy? No, no I, th- I think it's just, I think he's a, a great uh, process and of the product, you know, of their, their domination at Alabama. I mean, the guy, I'm sure he made his visits everywhere. Um, you know, I think, I think Josh Hypo was more entertaining than Jeremy Pruitt. So I think he ever some consideration. But I think at the end of the day, when you have possibility of three guys from your institution going to be starting in the National Football League, three out of the 32 starting quarterbacks are from Alabama, that's huge. That is huge. And, and uh, you know, Good for good for Ty Simpson for for making that decision. I mean, you know, you hate it for Tennessee, but I mean, like y'all said, there is like Alabama is like way up here on top of the world. Tua Tua Tonga Vailoa, now Mac Jones, both going to be uh, high level quarterbacks in the NFL. So why not follow that? And you know, you you have to also look at it this way. I mean, 
basically Heupel had two weeks to recruit Simpson. Yep. Hard to turn somebody, even though the the kid was a lifelong Tennessee fan, still very difficult to turn somebody. It would have been even it would have been difficult to to uh, be able to secure his commitment, even it without the sanctions hanging over Tennessee's head, I think. Yeah, it, it would have been tough. And I think the timing of it, I think you hit it, hit it right. The timing, you know, you got to build these relationships and they take time. I'm sure. Josh Heupel at Central Florida was not in the picture for that for that young man and his family, you know, especially with Coach being the UT Martin head football coach. You know, they might and they of uh, looking into Central Florida. So big, big, big opportunity for him to uh, to get some other guys now. So we'll see where he moves forward with getting other quarterbacks into University of Tennessee. Yeah, no doubt, and. Uh... There's more. There's guys, and and Josh Heupel is is produced with with less. So, um, you know, we'll see what he can do. I mean, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a a weird year anyway for Tennessee. It's gonna be a transition year, and who's to say Harrison Bailey can't do something? You know, who's who's to say he's not gonna be the man? And, and it's irrelevant. You're you're just hiring backups and stuff like that. So I've been impressed. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's my thought. So, um, but yeah, I I thought that was interesting. Uh, A lot, a lot of happenings there. Another story I saw Albert Breer um, on Twitter has, um, has tweeted. This was uh, on Wednesday. The, this was yesterday. The bills have submitted a rules change proposal to the NFL that would bar interviews for front office and coaching positions until after the conference title games and hirings until after the Super Bowl. Owners could vote on it this offseason would be a big, in all caps, big change uh, for the NFL. Uh, Me personally, I think this would be a great thing because part of me thinks the reason why Eric Bieniemy was screwed, or one of the factors that that uh, screwed Eric Bieniemy, was that he's in the Super Bowl. Same with Todd Bowles. You know, guys that move on deep into the playoffs under the current rules probably get screwed out of more opportunities than, than the ones who get knocked out or don't make the playoffs at all. So, um, and a lot of teams want to make their decision to make their decision quick. And you know, some guys that. Some guys get left out. So what do you guys, if this rule change were to take effect, are you for it or are you against it? If you were an NFL owner, I'll start with you, Kurt. If you were an NFL owner, do you do you vote? Do you agree with this proposal? Do you have one of your own if you don't? Or do you like the current system? Um, I, I think it needs to be postponed and wait. You have to wait and get in those uh, – get those guys when you can get them and make it open, make an open season at that time. I, I would like after the conference title games that the interviewing would happen and then announce the Super Bowl then and just have a collective time. Back in the day, they used to have a national coaches convention, and that's when they uh, – in January, second week in January, and that's when all the jobs would be announced in, in college and, and, and even in some NFL, and that was the timing of – I think it'd be, it, it would be – Be a cliffhanger. It would behoove the NFL. It would behoove the NFL to not do this. Yeah, I think. I think, yeah, I think now, you know. So I think it's going to be exciting. Yeah, 
I think it will be too. Craig, I mean, are, are you in agreement with this rule? Do you, do you like this rule change? Do you, you know, I, I don't like the current setup for, for NFL coaching and, and staff hires, things like that. And I think there needs to be a little bit more uniform time frame, like free agency. I, I, long. This has been long overdue uh, to penalize uh, to penalize potential coaches uh, just because their teams are still in the playoff or in the Super Bowl has has been long been uh, a thorn in my side and never really understood uh, the logic behind it. I mean. You know, you want to be loyal to your team. You don't want any distractions if you're trying to win a Super Bowl. So, obviously, you know, you don't want to out-and-out uh, uh, out pursue a lot of jobs and you want to be focused on the task at hand because you never you never know. You may not ever get to that point again where you're able to win a Super Bowl. So, I think this has been long overdue. This has been something that, you know, has been – it's come out, it comes out every year. There's always been a potential candidate for a coaching position that's on a Super Bowl team, and and it happens quite often. And uh, let's let's – you know, why not wait? I mean, it, it, the offseason is very, very long. There's a long period there between uh, the end of the Super Bowl and the draft, the next big thing that happens, the draft. So I, I don't see the – I really never understood the logic of why not wait. Yeah, or like college, they hire somebody, um, but the, the coach finishes out their season. They still interview and they still do all that whole process, but – once they make their decision, they they, you know, they have a choice to coach out the bowl game. Where if they're not in the college football playoff, they don't finish out the season with the bowl game. They usually have an interim situation there of the place they just left. But teams like, uh, you know, guys like Kirby Smart, Steve Sarkeesian, uh, guys that have been in the playoff uh, that get hired, they usually wait. Like Clark Lee, he they he wanted to wait until after Notre Dame got it. Eliminated from the college football playoff to take over at Vanderbilt. That's mm-hmm. totally fine. You know, you could have, if things were different, you could have interviewed BNME back in, you know, when, when the regular season ended uh, and, and hired him and said, okay, finish out the season with the Chiefs. And then you come on board as soon as your, your run ends, which his run ended in the Super Bowl. Been perfectly fine because there's not much going on right now. Uh, free agency is getting ready to kick off, which it, it can be a huge deal. There's a lot of big names out there on the free agent uh, on the free agent wire. We'll, you know, as free agency comes about, comes and goes, or like I guess the bigger part of it, we'll kind of evaluate how teams did early on in their free agent stuff. So, like Urban Meyer, we'll be keeping keeping an eye on what he does in free agency. That'll affect his draft. Robert Sala. In New York, what does he do in free agency? What areas of need does he does he uh, address with veterans? Things like that. Nick Sirianni in in Philly, does he go and get a veteran quarterback? Does he does he go and try to trade for? I've heard rumors that they're going to try to trade for Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe insurance policy. I mean, Bridgewater is good enough to be a starter. Um, he's not spectacular, but he's good enough to be a starter. Um, they got Jalen Hurts. They obviously believe in him, or they wouldn't have dealt Carson Wentz um, for, you know, I don't think they got enough for Carson Wentz. Uh, so, but that's that's beside the point. Uh, you know, just evaluating different moves like that. So, uh, a lot, lots to look forward to in the free agency world. But going back to the hiring practices, 
head coaches really aren't involved in that or they don't have to be involved with that. They know the personnel anyway, so they could step in day one, February 7th or hypothetically, whenever that date is, you get a month. So, you know, they, they, they you know, that first, that first month might be a little bit longer and more tumultuous than a regular off season cycle, but that just comes with the territory at that point. Well, look, look at last, the last couple of years, Robert Sally, he finally, he finally had to wait for his team to go bad so he could get in the front line to start the interviewing process. Yeah. With exactly. the Jets. And he was one of the first, if not one of the first, the first, one of the first hires because his team went bad. If, if they had another Super Bowl run, you know, you're talking, he's still the defensive coordinator, San Francisco 49ers, to Craig Glad's point. I mean, and that would be asinine. Fixed and make it right so everybody has a shot at it and, and really make it another promotional thing that, you know, it's open season for these coaches, you know, and, and make it free agency. I mean, you know, I think that would just be its outstanding countdown and then immediately when it's time to go in there and like Urban Meyer playing the system for about a month or two or three months, you know, it, that was not a big secret that he was the coach at Jacksonville. But it also uh, was, you know, it just didn't have – it didn't play well for me. I mean, I'm glad he's coaching, but, you know, it's also one of those things that, you know, I, I, I know he's always wanted to be a professional coach, I'm sure, the highest level. But the timing of it all, it, you know, it was kind of, okay, please announce it because that's what's going to happen, you know. I, I like the drama. I like the buildup. I like the, okay, now let's all go after who the coaches are and, or, you know, just like they do the free agency. You know, they know who's all out there in the free agency. And and it's and it's an event, you know, and it, and it, it brings a, a timing. I think everything needs a season, and these coaches have not had a season where they can know that they're going to get a shot at being a head football coach. Exactly, exactly, and so, so many guys, and, and it would be so good for the NFL because it's another thing to promote. Yes, like the, the the NFL season never ends; it's just different phases. Like you yes. have, you have the regular season. You have uh, the playoffs. Then you follow the playoffs with uh, combine, and then you follow the combine with free agency. And of course, you have trade rumors and trades happening all in that time period. Then you have free agency, uh, which is like the NFL's version of National Signing Day. Then you parlay that into pro days, which everybody gets excited about. Then you have the draft, and then you have OTAs, and then next next thing you know, you blink, and you're in training camp. What other sports can like? And it's weird. It's it's weird. It's awesome, funny, all in the same. But the other sports have a hard time competing with that. Like you would never think that the NFL Combine, the 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 Underwear Olympics, would have staying power over college basketball in February or, you know, the pro days sometimes get more viewership than MLB or the draft, like just completely overshadowing major league baseball. And, and uh, in some cases, the masters. And I mean, just the NFL is just so much more uh, prominent than every other league and they have great leadership. They have great ideas. Say what you want about Roger Goodell, but he's taken the NFL to heights that they never even imagined. 
Well, too, you look at uh, you look at the preseason games in, in pro football. I can remember when I was younger. Uh, you know, they they had no play at all. You never saw them on TV. They were on. They were in quote unquote the agate page of of the newspaper, meaning the the very back in there with with all the other things, uh, just black and white there, and and no other league, no other major uh, professional league gets the play that the NFL does for practice games. I mean, the NFL, they, they, they show their preseason games in prime time on network TV. That doesn't happen with Major League Baseball, doesn't happen with pro basketball. So it, it's amazing how they have carved out that niche, like I said, for a practice game, guys. Exactly. Well, they do a great job promoting, and they do a great job of uh, creating interest and, uh, and and highlighting uh, their superstars, and per, and now they're starting to even get better at protecting their superstars at quarterback, and and uh, so it, it's it's just a you know evolution of of how to do things and be masters at the marketing and the just the innovative ways to to create interest and influence. They influence so many other areas of people's lives that they're just it's amazing, you know, the, the impact they can have on, on just anything that they kind of touch. The NFL touches, it turns golden, you know? Yeah. And so they're exciting, man. I mean, it just, you know, you know as we mentioned in coaching chat earlier, you know, I just hope that they can get the timing down to where the coaches, it becomes a, a, a two-week window there, and we see all the different, I mean, you can basically we'll be able to track this coach from that interview. That interview, what what exciting excitement that that will be because you then know there's going to be other coaches following and coming with him and moving to different locations and and just uh, so exciting, you know, to have it all kind of generalized into a a, a timing, a season of of change, if you will, for coaching staffs. Yeah, no doubt. For marquee for everybody to see it, and the college coaches can get involved. You know, they're the ones that say, oh, "I don't want to be a, I don't want to be that." Well, you know, uh, uh, Coach Rules doing a great job at Carolina. You know, he was he was he was uh, trained for this. You know, after being with the Giants and and some other guys that you know he's been around his life. You know, and, and turning around Temple at Philadelphia. So this guy can coach, and uh, he would have been just unbelievable during that window. Who knows where he he could have landed if it all been at the same time, you know? If he had a chance to interview with two or three co- two or three other staffs that eventually did or were coming open, you know? Yep, exactly. And uh it's it's uh And you could almost guys, yeah. you could almost set it up like a draft. You could almost say sir so and so has, you know, the first uh, you know, has these so many of these interviews, you know, or or you know, they get to pick the first coach, you know. I mean, if you really want to do it, I mean, why, why couldn't you, you know. And and they're all about the same money, you know. So it's it's not about the money. They're all going to be, you know, well taken care of. They could they could control it like they do the draft, you know. The, the teams that are lower ranked, they got the most, you know, they got the first pick of who they want. They get to interview everybody. Nobody else gets to interview them. That would be a game changer. What do you think about that, Craig Lad? 
Uh, that would definitely be a game changer. <laughs> I mean, for Belichick. Be fair. I mean, that, they're trying to make fair and balanced. They're trying to do the – and so what other way than you can interview anybody you want. You've got uh, – put them on the clock. You've got 48 hours. <laughs> Boom. You make your pick. Next man up. Who's the second worst team? You got forty eight hours, you know, or you know, whatever it is. It might maybe it's maybe it's they're all in one place at the uh, at the uh, Greater Nashville Intercontinental Airport. You know, they're all there already. Whoever you know got who all got called to the to the draft. You know, it's like the green room. You know, yeah. line them up, man, or let's do it. You know, we could do it. Put it on TV. Let's go. You know, because yeah. it's it's you know it it's. It, they could they could change the they could change the universe on this. They know? really could. Maybe they should. Maybe the NFL should hire us to to head up this project. I'll, I'll make my call to Roger. How exciting that would be! Yeah, that you knew. You know, you're the worst team. Not only am I get the chance of the best player, number one pick overall, I get number one pick overall of the coaches. Uh-huh. Yes, anybody you want, you but you got this much time. You know. Mm-hmm. Got to make a decision quick. Maybe, maybe you need to make it even less time. Now, so now, what happens now? If I'm a general manager, this is what you have to do. You start preseason back in the summer. You start vetting these guys and start interviewing these guys, and you start making your short list. You start re, you start making uh you know uh, uh, uh you start evaluating, assessing all the coaching staffs. Who are the guys? Where are the coaches? You know. Then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. when it comes time and you're the worst team and you're getting rid of your coach, you now have your top ten list. You know exactly. So I think it'd be exciting, man. I, th- I think it could be a game changer. Could be. Yeah, uh, if, they, I think, if, I think if they would implement right now, that right now, it's just a lot of backdoor, uh, uh, a lot of backdoor cigar smoking. Who knows who's going to get it? You know, and and you know uh, a few. You know, it's still the thirty-two owners. They're 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 in charge with the with the commissioner, and I get it. But boy, I like I like the way they do the NFL draft. I love the way they do the free agency. You know, every team feels like they. You know, no matter how bad you get or how good you get, you feel like you got a shot, man. And boy, if you got the same feeling for the coaches and the same setup, you know, you advance the coaching. Uh, uh, you probably advance the coaching and the critique and the assessment of coaching 50 to 100 years from now if you start something like this. Because right now it's just – right now it's just it's – I mean, we know as much as some of these uh, 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 coaching evaluators know. Yeah, and there's no telling who would emerge out of that group. I mean, I'm sure there's – I'm sure there's – I have really – strong handful of guys who if this situation were to be uh implemented like Todd Bowles after the Super Bowl like you can't tell me that Craig you can't tell me that performance wouldn't deserve him a a spot somewhere Eric Bieniemy obviously um you, know, you 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 get guys you know assistants down the down the line uh Mike Kafka would would have probably got a chance, you know, Brendan Daly would have got a chance at some point. I don't know that he would have got hired in this cycle had BNME and Bowles and some of those guys not been in the Super Bowl. I don't know that Brendan Daly gets hired with the Chargers. I don't know that Nick Sirianni gets hired with the Eagles. Maybe there was something else there with Frank Reich and 
some sort of connection there. Um, but maybe he doesn't get hired um, if they have to start later. I felt like the Eagles panicked a little bit hiring their coach. I don't know why they didn't wait at this point, but who knows? Um, you know, lots of guys, you know, get, getting getting and hired, without, fired, without things like being that. being structured and times sensitive and knowing when you have a time to jump in there, you don't know. You like you said, you panic. You don't like exactly what you're exactly right, Corey. You you know, you guys panic because you don't know. You know you can't wait because you're thinking, well, he may not be there. So we got to get. We at least got our hands on this one. Yeah. And this year might be okay. Let's yeah. get him. You know, where if you knew, can you imagine like if there was no NFL draft and it was just free game on everybody. Oh my God! It'd be that chaos. Be, it'd be, it that's would. what's happening in the coaching profession. It's chaotic. Yeah, it'd be and like total you mentioned chaos. a couple of uh, times ago, Coach Burton. Excuse me. Is uh, uh, a young man moved uh, five different jobs in like three days or something? Remember that that story? Yeah, yeah the yeah. guy that's at Alabama now. He yeah. was. Right. I mean, he was at the NFL. I mean, but but if he knew, if everybody knew, this was the dates and this was this. I mean, it would it would kind of clean maybe clean some of that stuff up. I mean, I would even go as far as Craig having contract restrictions. Like you, you know, you sign them in, in on two year deals, right? Or yeah. like if if you sign sign them on two or three year deals, okay, and then you make a decision after that time, maybe two year deals, uh, and you make your decision every two years, like, hey, do we want this guy or do we want to fire him? Like, do we want him? Do we want to enter the draft? Um, you know, whatever the case may be. Every team's in the draft. They they can choose, okay, um, the head coach, you know, and, and there's like a round of like, it's like almost like a keeper league. Like you could do it like a keeper league. Like you select your keepers, you know, we're going to keep him, him, and him. We're going to keep him, 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 and him. You only and, keep so many. Yeah. And then the rest of them have to, you've got to free them up to where they can go, you know? Yeah. And, and, and then, and then you create a pool of coaches yeah. And then they they get they shuffle the deck, uh, yeah. and then occasionally, you know, or not occasionally, every year there's going to be probably six, seven, eight head coaches in there uh, that you can choose. Uh, you get some sort of if you break the contract early, you you automatically buy them out, um, and the worst team gets first choice. Um, they choose their coach put them in a draft, you know, treat it like the combine where you invite these, you know, you invite these coaches and they do like a speed dating type interview session. I don't know. Full of great ideas. We could go on and on and on about this. Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot of good ideas. I just think it's, it, it, it really would help the coaches and help them get unified if you will, and get and make it where guys don't have to wait for that off season in NFL to have a bad season. And, you know, it's almost like you have to have a bad season as a coordinator to get uh-huh. a good job because all yeah. the bad season coordinators all get the head coaching jobs. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, really flawed. I mean, think about it. It, it is. It is. Like, I, I think I, if I if I was, I mean, I would I would risk, you know, no risk it, no biscuit. I think I would try to risk it to wait for the guys from Tampa Bay. I mean, even the offensive coordinator – I would have signed the offensive coordinator for Tampa Bay or the defensive coordinator for Tampa Bay or the special teams coordinator or the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. About four or five guys right there I would have waited for. Exactly. 
Exactly. I I definitely would have given Todd Bowles a shot. I mean, his only shot was in probably one of the worst run organizations in the entire all of pro sports with the New York Jets. So I think he deserves another shot somewhere to go for like can you imagine Todd Bowles with the Steelers? I think he would get great support there. Obviously Mike Tomlin's done a great job. I'm not saying I'm not advocating the firing of Mike Tomlin by any stretch, but you know, I would have you know, if the Falcons would have hired Todd Bowles, I would have been really happy with that. Um, I'm happy with with Arthur Smith. I think he's going to do a good job in Atlanta. But if they hired Todd Bowles, I'd have been happy with that. If they hired Enemy, would have would have loved that. If they hired Arthur Smith, love that. Uh, if they would have hired Sala, great hire. If they would have hired Brendan Daly. There, I'm not I'm not a Falcons fan anymore. Um, if they would have hired Nick Sirianni, um, I might even become a Saints fan just despite the Falcons. <clears throat> um. You know, I, I think there's some. You know, obviously, you can you can look at the list of candidates and you can look at the rumors and say, yes, no, yes, no, 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 yes, no. You can almost go hit, bust, hit, bust, hit, bust. Like you can almost predict it. Who's well, everybody? There's always a one-year the, wonder. Go yeah, ahead, everybody. All these franchises are looking for the next. The next it coach, uh, the next offensive guru, if you want to say that, because obviously offense puts fannies in the stands uh, pre-COVID. But, you know, they're all looking for that guy, you know, and it's – you're right about Todd Bowles. I think in hindsight, uh, if a lot of these GMs knew that uh, they were going to put up uh, such an outstanding – uh, well, he was going to put up such an outstanding defensive plan to stop Mahomes and the Chiefs. I think he would have been a serious candidate for a lot of jobs. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, I think it's just. Uh, I think I think it's worth really doing some research, and, and we hope we hope that the NFL is listening and uh, just call Coach and Chatter. We'll go to New York, New York, and uh, we'll pull it all together for him. No doubt. Well, we're gonna we're gonna leave the chatter right there uh, with the NFL uh, free agency. In case you're wondering, opens March 17th. <clears throat> so when I get back from Naples, Florida, we will break down all the moves and what happened there. Of course, FCS football will rage on. We'll get a more clearer picture of who's going to be in the playoffs, who's not going to be, what teams are are starting to separate from the pack. Uh, but next week we'll we'll have our uh, just a little housekeeping note. Uh, next week will be our uh, we'll we'll have a show, and then uh, we'll be a regular show, and then the following week we'll we're gonna take a we're gonna take a week hiatus. I'm gonna be in South Florida enjoying the sunshine, uh, so we're gonna take a short break and then come back and and uh, and, and and get back after it, and then I'm sure we'll have. Uh, a, a few more breaks here and there between now and uh, the start of football season just to kind of keep our batteries charged and, and and keep the topics fresh and let some news cycles build on top of each other so um but uh you know we, we won't we won't withhold coaching chatter from you for too long so um guys that's going to do it for us uh kurt any last words before we go uh, just outstanding with the with the spring football and NFL coaches and uh, college coaches forming up, uh, you know. And then I know we'll be getting in later on talking about high school football and those coaches and and the things that are going to be developing. But it's it's, it's outstanding time to see uh, a lot of the uh, uh, people getting opportunities to coach and 
it's just going to be fun. And I think we're highlighting some of the spring football and that, that's exciting times. Craig. Well, you know, the, the recent announcement by the uh, university of Alabama saying they're going to have a full house in the fall and in Bryant Denny, I think uh, had some ripple effects uh, down through college football. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how that uh, ends up playing out. Yeah, you never know between now and then. There's a there's a lot of time between now and then. It's going to evaporate quickly, I'm sure, but things move so rapidly it doesn't matter. So we'll see how that shakes out. But uh, that's going to do it again. I uh, want to thank you guys for another great episode of The Coaching Chatter. Lots of great topics. Even in March, there's still a ton of great topics. And with spring football, I'm here for it uh, to provide us with content all spring. Kurt, the more the more games I watch, the more I'm, I'm fired up about the, the possibility of spring football. Uh, so for Kurt, for Craig, I'm Corey Burton. This is the Coaching Chatter brought to you by uh, BetOnline.ag. Bet, uh, the hometown team, Keller Williams Realty, hometown team 615. Go visit. Go visit that website. Go hit up Kenny Salas. And, of course, as always, Soar Athletic Training. Find us on Twitter. Hit us up. Rate, subscribe, review. Find us anywhere you find podcasts. Listen, enjoy. Go back and listen to some of the previous shows. See see how we did. See how we did on our predictions. See how uh, our analysis, things like that. Uh, you, can, you can almost uh, – you can almost go back and look at it as a digital report card. So um, that's going to do it. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Enjoy this nice weather. If you are in an area where there's going to be some nice weather and uh, we'll see you back here next week for some more coaching chatter. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.